The views, comments, and opinions of the following program do not necessarily reflect those of Morris Media Studios, MorrisMediaLive.com, or its affiliates. Listener discretion is advised. this train. I'm telling you, we're about to leave the station, but we're not going to do it without you. This is the Legal Synopsis. I am D-Nice, and I'm with one of the hottest attorneys in the business on the planet right now until we get to Mars, and then she's going to take that over too. I'm talking about the one, the only, my friend, my girl, and your entertainment guru. Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome Miss Rhonda R. Dixon. How you doing? I'm doing great. Good evening. Um, I'm really happy to be here. Um, Glad to have you here. I love the legal synopsis because I like to help people to understand the law better and also to understand um, how they can protect themselves and how they can use a lawyer more effectively. Yeah, because that's what, especially in today's climate, when it seems like from the top all the way down, nobody's dealing with legal uh, judification, legal injunctions. It's all about what I want to do. And that's not according to the law. But if you find yourself needing an attorney, mm -hmm. it's best to know that you can call one. Because I know a bunch of people that go and do attorney, their own attorney. And then it's the saying that says something about yes. a fool having his own self as an attorney. Right. You have a fool for a lawyer. Right, right, um, basically right. Basically it says, he who represents himself has a fool for a lawyer. Wow. And the reason for that is that there's so, I mean, there's things you can't see. And say, for instance, look, how would it look if you're cross-examining yourself? <laughs> if you're representing yourself, you should take the witness stand at some time. Right. And at that time, what are you going to do? Do like um, Jim Carrey and run from one side to the other? Uh, what, what do you think about this? And then, oh, well, you know, you're, right, right, you're jumping right, in right. the witness stand and jumping over to where the attorney mm -hmm. is supposed to be. Right, so. Right. It doesn't give you the proper perspective gotcha, and gotcha. not, uh, it doesn't look good in court. Right. I see that. But that's been my life so far, so I can pull it off, you know what I'm right. saying? Because I basically have these conversations when you're trying to do something in your own business or whatever. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, yes. you can't wait for that other partner. you got to just figure it out. And well, so, when you're talking about that, though, that's a different situation. Mm -hmm. um, there's informal and there's formal okay. resolutions. And there's small claims court where you are allowed to represent yourself mm -hmm. and it's set up that way okay so even if you were to bring witnesses the court is kind of set up in a way where even the judge will sometimes be you right and ask questions so oh, like wow. if you did take the witness stand uh -huh. uh, the judge might ask the questions of you okay. and sometimes they even do that in real court you know in the regular civil court or criminal court sometimes mm -hmm. if the judge feels like the attorney isn't um, asking some questions or the court would like to know some questions the answers to some questions that they want to consider mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, in making their ruling and they don't feel like that answer has come out, Right. they might say, the, the judge may ask questions from the bench mm -hmm. of the witness. Mm -hmm. So that's, that, you know, interesting. They're going to get the answers they're looking for. Well, they, they have got to. to right, because right, right. Um, if there's some, like, we call it the prima facie case. And okay. if, if you need some elements to make that case right. or make that defense, mm -hmm or whatever you're trying to argue, and they're not there, mm -hmm. sometimes the judge will ask those questions. And then sometimes the judge goes off on a tangent. I've mm. had the judge ask questions like one time I was in an uh, unlawful detainer mm -hmm. matter with the person who had sublet a restaurant. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the judge started saying, well, it would really be nice if the owner came. Well, the person who's bringing the unlawful detainer is not the owner, and that should be something that the judge should realize. <laughs> but he right. actually recessed the case indefinitely because of, because of COVID-19 right. for us to get the owner to come in. Got you, got you. And the owner had nothing to do with it. It was actually a contract between these two parties. Mm -hmm, right. So, yeah, sometimes you're thinking, wow, what is he thinking, you know? Right, right, right. So it's good for you guys out there to hear something that relates to you and pick up a phone 
and call. By the time we finish with this one, you could have enough questions answered and enough situations so you can say, okay, if I need a great attorney, this is the one I want to talk to. So now let's jump into some uh, questions about where you're at and what you do. Okay, um, if you need to call in, you can. 323-815-4204. That's 323-815-4204. And you can, only, uh, you can always watch us on YouTube, which is Morse Media Studios or morsemedialive.com. All right? And visit morsemediastudios.com because we always got other shows out there that we want to uh, bring you up on. Rhonda, this is not her first rodeo, so she's got some (laughs) other information there, too. So now we're going to jump into a little thing uh, with your, you have your own um, practice, too. So let's say, what is is your vision uh, for the Dixon Justice Center? My vision is to be able to help people, especially people that are um, underserved, to make sure that they get justice, not just, it's, it's socioeconomic, it's criminal law, we're doing criminal law, Okay. Um, we're doing unlawful detainers and mm. foreclosures and um, just a lot of things that, that are really affecting people in uh, this climate, which is right. domestic violence mm-hmm. and family law, there's mm-hmm. a lot of custody and family law issues coming up mm. with domestic violence restraining orders, right. because now that people are cooped up together, <sighs> Whatever things they were running from mm. or could avoid, mm. they can't avoid them anymore. Right, and so they're um, we're finding a large number, a larger number of cases for domestic violence mm. and child abuse, right. and people that want custody or um, or that want modifications of custody orders, or mm. they want to file divorce. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's the family law issue, and then the other issue is civil rights. We have a okay. lot of protests going on. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are out here, um, you know, protesting and wanting to have their voice heard and, and want to exercise their free speech. But yet they're getting shot by rubber bullets. Mm. They're getting roughed up by the police. Mm-hmm. And even just in an everyday sense, people need to know what they can and cannot do if mm-hmm. they're detained by the police. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people don't understand the rules. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're, because they also conflict in different territories. The rules here in California... Um, are a lot different, and they've been changing um, as we speak, although right. I don't think the police are um, as up to par on that because mm. um, I used to work for uh, the Dis- California District Attorneys Association when right, I was in right, law right. school, and mm-hmm. I used to write for the prosecutor's brief, mm-hmm. and we used to do things, we call them cheat sheets, where we would literally write uh, a synopsis of a case and just mm-hmm. make it one page t- saying what the case stood for and how you can use it in court. Mm-hmm. That was for the DAs to use. But the DAs would also have seminars, which they do probably to this day, mm-hmm. where they speak to law enforcement about what is probable cause, mm-hmm. what is a reasonable suspicion, right? And, and give them the heads up on what the latest cases are. Mm-hmm. Case in point, there was a case that said that smelling marijuana was a reasonable suspicion such that you could search a person's vehicle. Mm-hmm. It's, so all of a sudden, after this training, there's mm-hmm. a rash of cases where all the police say is, I smelled marijuana. Mm-hmm. But interestingly mm-hmm. enough, they searched the vehicle and found absolutely no marijuana. They found a whole bunch of other stuff, right, 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 right. supposedly. Right. But they never found the marijuana, which was the reasonable suspicion mm-hmm. and the probable cause for mm-hmm. them to search. Mm. Wow. Yeah, this climate uh, nowadays is just really crazy. And it's good you brought up a few things like that with the, uh, the training implementation of these new laws and how they fit in according to those wearing the badges. Because I know um, our friend and, and uh, owner here, uh, Miss uh, Poetess Felicia, she had an opportunity to interview the police chief. A couple of days ago, wow. and you definitely, guys, you got to get up on it. When I you wish go I had to Morris Media uh, and you're looking up at the YouTube, you got to check out that interview. That was a great interview she had with a uh, uh, chief uh, uh, Moore. Michael Moore came down, and he was really. And then the day before that, uh, a couple friends of mine that are also LAPD officers had a chance to come in and talk about life on the streets and stuff like that, and, and how that climate works today. So all those that you can find on the YouTube here, Morris Media Studios on uh, YouTube, it all clings together because we're finding it from the the blue behind the badge scenarios and then we're looking at it from those that are confronted by the badge and you said that you talked about probable cause which yeah is is getting more rampant 
of what they call probable cause, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Which leads you into uh, the criminal aspect of it because I think uh, the last brother that got shot was stopped on a bicycle for a bicycle infraction or yes. something like that. Right. Now, I don't know what kind of infractions you can get on a bicycle where they really have to pull you over and you end up, you know what I'm saying? And actually use a gun against I, you. Y yeah. yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So that's part of the reason, that's part of this Section 1983 civil rights violations in the first place is mm -hmm. because we do have a right to walk on the street. There's no pass laws technically. Okay. And in California, it's a little stronger. We don't. Ha you don't have to answer the, the police if they ask you who you are or why, where you're going. You don't really have to answer those questions because you don't have to help them make their case. Unfortunately, good luck with that. Yeah, that's why you get good beat upside the head. You know what I'm saying? Black, Kicked you know? around. Yeah. But that actually is. Right. You're right. You don't because what happens is the police and their um, inordinate contact. Mm -hmm. You know, if you contact with somebody a mm -hmm. certain number of times, yeah, sure, there's going to be some friction. Right. And they're constantly stopping, frisking, asking questions, interrogating African-American males mm -hmm. and African-American people, mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. They're constantly doing that. Right. And every single time they do that, it's a confrontation mm -hmm. because anybody feels uncomfortable being interrogated. Um, anyone feels uncomfortable being stopped and detained. Right. So the problem is that um, you you don't have to to wait. I mean, you can say, "Am I being arrested?" Mm -hmm. And if they say no, then say, "Okay, mm -hmm. good day. Have a have a nice day. Just keep on walking, keep on moving." Good luck with that too. Well, that's true. They yeah. might say that you're obstructing justice, but if they do stop you, mm -hmm. make sure that you make it clear that you don't consent to any searches, mm -hmm. that you want to speak to your lawyer, that mm -hmm. you are exercising your First Amendment right, I mean, mm -hmm. your um, Fifth Amendment right, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and keep a lawyer's number in your pocket just right, in case. Right. You Speed know? dial, yeah, yeah. And hopefully, you know, use the buddy system, have a friend with you. Maybe mm -hmm. they can record what's going on. Mm -hmm. Although the police are supposed to have cameras, somehow right. they accidentally go off when mm -hmm. they're, somehow they get turned off mm -hmm, mm -hmm. accidentally. Yeah when there's a crucial time. I mean, right. the whole time they're not turned off, but when there's this crucial, disputable moment, right. all of a sudden, wow, yeah, what a coincidence. Power. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> what yeah. a coincidence it got turned yeah. off. Right. But um, but they do that. You mm -hmm. know, they do evasive, uh, the officers sometimes do evasive things. Like I had a client say that every time the officer spoke, it was a CHP officer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Every time the officer spoke, they put their hand over their recorder. Mm. So that they couldn't hear them and couldn't hear the answer. Mm. They did that every single time. Mm -hmm. And so then they said the audio tapes had been lost, but then they were also unintelligible. Right, right, right. But it was funny because it was a really, um, it was interesting because here we go with another ju judge that's, it's just that white supremacy is just so ingrained. Mm -hmm. um, this was a female judge, but mm -hmm. she had this, my client was black, the officer mm -hmm. was a CHP officer, and we had established that a perfect storm happened. Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. dispatch record was destroyed and mm -hmm. purged. The MVARs, which are the, um, the cameras that are on the car, mm -hmm. they weren't working. Mm -hmm. The audio that they have wasn't working and the mm -hmm. videotapes were not working all at the same time. Mm -hmm. So there was a dispute about why my client was stopped in the first place. Mm -hmm. and. I maintain he was stopped for driving while black. He was hmm. changing his tire mm -hmm. in West Covina, right. which is a mostly, you know, was a predominantly white right. neighborhood. And uh, that's why he was stopped initially. But because mm. they didn't want that, you know, so there should have been a dispatch. He, uh, the um, CHP claimed that he stopped him because there was an accident that was reported. Mm -hmm. But there was no 911 dispatch call. Mm -hmm. about the accident. Mm -hmm. So how did he find wow. out about the accident? Right, right, right. And even mm -hmm. if he found out about it by someone talking to him, mm -hmm. then they go on their car radio, mm -hmm. and then they have a conversation with dispatch, mm -hmm. and they always are supposed to be in touch and saying, I'm stopping this person. Even the initial stop, mm -hmm. before they stop their car, mm -hmm. remember, we all watch TV, they're supposed to say, I see a vehicle by the side of the road, this mm -hmm. is the matches the description of the vehicle that was in an accident, mm -hmm. I'm going to stop, and, and question the suspect, mm -hmm. and they stop. Mm -hmm. And then, and they're MVARs, you know, you watch cops, mm -hmm. the, the, the cam camera that's on the front of the CHP mm -hmm. is pointed towards the car mm -hmm. so that they can capture anything that happens, mm -hmm. usually to protect the officer because, right, right, right. Uh, and, to, and to preserve the case. But say, like what recently happened, very sadly, was these two officers got shot. Mm -hmm. um, 
Uh, sometimes what happens is when they come up to the car, they get shot mm -hmm. and in from the person inside the car. So mm -hmm. they keep the cameras on. But mm -hmm. for some reason, the cameras weren't working. Mm. Mm. So they got really upset when I said, well, I'm going to do a pitches motion because I want to see if this happened before. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I also want to know about the training because I'm pretty sure that their cameras are not supposed to be turned off, mm -hmm. especially when they're in the middle of a stop. Mm -hmm. And I want to know what kind of training. I want to I want to pull the training manuals for the CHP. I want to mm -hmm. know what kind of training this officer went through mm -hmm. and how to use his equipment. Right. And the uh, judge said to me, we don't have it, so move on. We have the officer here. And I said, well, that's exactly what I don't want to do, Your Honor. I do not want to rely on self-serving testimony from the officer. Mm -hmm. That's what I don't want to do. Mm -hmm. This is why the legislature said we need the cameras. Mm -hmm. We need the cameras to be able to impeach the officer because my client has a different story about what happened. Right, right. And now, you know, it's his side, mm -hmm. this guy's side, this guy's side, and there's the right side. Mm -hmm. And the camera is subject is is objective mm -hmm, observer. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not on anybody's side. It's just going to tell us what happened. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not willing to go forward. I said, Your Honor, I want to do. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do a Brady motion mm -hmm. um, because this is spoliation evidence. This is a case where the exculpatory evidence was somehow lost mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because the fact that it was lost gives us the prima facie. It gives us like an, an innuendo that mm -hmm. it must have been exculpatory, mm -hmm. especially all of it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at the same time. We should have been able to piece it together. Like we get the 911 dispatch call, right, 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 uh -huh. or we have the audio from his. Um, uniform because mm -hmm. CHP doesn't use the video cameras they just use audio mm -hmm. but there are audio cameras I mean video cameras inside the vehicle and okay. on the outside of the vehicle mm -hmm. but none of that was working Wow but I, I, you know one thing I've been seeing lately on news is they are consistent they pulled over uh, Mayor Asia yeah, uh, Asia Brown, in Compton. Yes. Yes. and uh, you know she was kind of like tripped out behind the whole scenario. Now, if you're working <clears throat> in that department, there's no way you shouldn't know who that the you should is. know who the mayor was. <laughs> I mean, by sight. I mean, it's not like she's invisible. She's she's much to do around a lot of things. So I don't know how to how she's to do black, that. But she's the, an African American female, consistent. and she's in Compton. So there's consistent. a lot of African American females. Right, right. And apparently, they just couldn't differentiate one from the other. Right, right, right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> we do not all look alike. Come right, on, guys. That's, you know what I'm saying? That's the point. Yeah, and but so, they treated her just the way they treat everyone else. So they yeah. weren't. Discriminating against her, they were. Right. They weren't. Uh, they didn't respect her class or her right. status. Right. Um, but they didn't really know who she was. Right. And um, but she got to see how regular citizens are treated. Exactly. And exactly. Um, yeah, it's not. It's not nice. Right. Um, right. So that's the thing is is just being able to be indiscriminately stopped. Mm -hmm. That has to stop. Yeah. You know, we talked about New York. New York had a policy of stop and frisk, and they mm -hmm. had frisked so many Latino and mm -hmm. African-American men in New York. Mm -hmm. And that was the reason why the crime rates were so high, because they would frisk them just walking down the street. Mm -hmm. Another thing was, until recently, having three joints was possession for sale. And I, mm. there are some people that literally will smoke three joints in a day. Right, right, really right. Really in a few hours, you know. So, mm -hmm. And that would be personal use. Right, right, right. But... They made the laws a little bit, they stretched it mm -hmm. a bit mm -hmm. for a lot of black people and Latino people, and mm -hmm. it caused the prisons to be overly crowded. Right, right. And first there was a case called Plata, which all the way, it went all the way up to the Supreme Court mm. of the United States. It was from uh, California. Okay. And it stated that it was cruel and unusual punishment to pack people into the prisons hmm. because we were at 200 and something percent of capacity. Mm-hmm. So the the um, judge, the justices said, yes, it is cruel and unusual punishment to pack people into the prison. So mm -hmm. they ordered an immediate reduction in the prisoner population. Mm -hmm. Three years later, that reduction had not yet occurred. Wow. And wow. finally, one of the judges, because uh, it was pushed back down to the local courts, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. the judge said, look, I don't care how you do it, but I'm giving you a drop-dead deadline. Right, right. You will release 20, 30% of the prisoners right now so that we get into at least, now we're at like 180% of capacity. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You're going to release these prisoners immediately. Mm -hmm. So then we had um, something called um, AB 109. Mm -hmm. And what they did, they, you know, you can't get that money away from, that's what we're talking about, defund the police. Mm -hmm. It's like 
prying it from their cold, dead hands. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They will not release that money. Hmm. So what ended up happening, I at the time had a CBO, a community-based organization that's, that dealt with drug abuse, okay. drug treatment. Um, what happened was all of us CBOs were arguing that we should get some of this money because hmm. these people are going to be flooded into our community and mm -hmm. they're broken. Right. And they're going to need certain services. They're going to need mental health. They're going to mm -hmm. need substance abuse treatment. They're going to mm -hmm. need housing. Mm -hmm. They're going to need employment services. That money should be pushed down to the community-based organizations that deal with those issues. Mm -hmm. Instead, the probation department took the money mm. and the corrections department took the money. And as you wow. know, rehabilitation has not been part of our correction system <laughs> for some time. Okay. It might be there. It mm -hmm. might, the word is there, but mm -hmm. it hasn't been um, meaningful mm -hmm. in a very long time. Mm -hmm. So they fought over that for a few years. Uh, my clinic got shut down. A lot of other clinics got shut mm. down. And at that time, I think the safety net was broken right. because over 200 substance abuse clinics were shut down mm. in L.A. County. And mm -hmm. a lot of them in the black community were shut down. Mm -hmm. And right after that, we see an uptick in homelessness and mm -hmm. a lot of things that happen wow. but um the money was given to law enforcement mm -hmm. and finally after years of protests from mm -hmm. the community some of the money was given to the community but not not the lion's share not even a whole a lot of it went to the sheriff's department and the mm -hmm. probation department mm -hmm. and most people don't realize because i go to the city council meetings 60 mm -hmm. percent of our budget for the county and mm -hmm. for the state of california goes to law enforcement for the county it goes to the sheriff's department mm -hmm. and for the um city it goes to lapd mm -hmm. it is a significant amount of money but can you imagine i mean where attention goes energy flows mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. right That's so true. if we're going to focus on 60% of our budget mm -hmm. going towards policing, mm -hmm. then we're going to have more um, crime because right. they've got to justify their existence. They've got to justify that budget. Mm -hmm. And literally they'll go get people for low-level offenses and traffic violations mm -hmm. and trump them up or whatever and just mm -hmm. get a whole bunch of people just to show that, yes, we have a lot of crime here. Mm -hmm. um, that's one thing. And then the other thing is... Um, the you know we we can't have all this money going into that trench that's what the defund when we're talking about defunding the police we're not even talking about we're not talking about taking all their money mm -hmm. away mm -hmm. we're talking about taking some of that money that goes towards community service like mm -hmm. dare the, mm -hmm. the you know the dare program so right. there are community programs that can take that money and, and do that right um yes there's some outreach that the police need to do mm -hmm. but if they were to you know if they had, like, for instance, police are called on to pick up people. This has happened to me one time. I called, and I thought I was calling the pet team, and they said, mm -hmm. no, we don't send the pet team out. We send the police out. And mm -hmm. The police are not trained. LAPD is not trained. And I, that's when I had my substance abuse clinic, and my client was having su suicidal ideation, so I called the, um, the you know pet team on him mm -hmm. when they got there now this guy they called him Haas because he mm -hmm. looks like the guy in the Ponderosa remember Haas right exactly he looked exactly. just like him right he was a big big guy too right. so the LAPD came and mm -hmm. they said well we're going to handcuff him and he goes I don't he said I, I don't feel good about this hmm. sticks and I really don't like I don't want to be handcuffed mm -hmm. he asked if he could be handcuffed in the front and they said no hmm. you know so, and then I felt like he might not trust me because, you know, I actually was calling to get him help mm -hmm. and now he's getting arrested, gotcha, you know, gotcha. and that wasn't the, the intent mm -hmm. the intent was to get him help. So, um, and, and, and a lot of people panic and they're afraid of police. Just look mm -hmm. what happened with George Floyd, you know, mm -hmm. black men. I mean, even myself, I, the stories I heard and everything, I grew up in South Central and mm -hmm. I ran from the police before because I was afraid of them. Mm -hmm. Um, one time it was late night and I was coming home from a party and the police were after me and I, I lived on 54th and McKinley. Mm -hmm. So this was in, you know, mm -hmm. this was in the black neighborhood. Right, right. And um, it's 2 a.m. in the morning and they put their lights on mm -hmm. and it's dark and mm -hmm. nobody's around. So I just kept on going because I had read, okay, you can go to a lighted place, go mm -hmm. somewhere where there are witnesses. Mm -hmm. And when they finally stopped me, they were really mad at me and they said, and I just was burst into tears and started screaming and crying. And they go, what's wrong? What's wrong? I said, you're going to kill me. You're going to kill me. I know you are. You're going to rape me, and then you're going to kill me. And they go, no, we're the police. I said, I know. And I was crying. <laughs> I know. I know. That's why I'm afraid. <laughs> right. And they were like, no, no, no. We're the police. We're I said, you're not going to help me. I know you are. You're going to kill me. Mm. And they were like, <laughs> because I had just gotten finished 
reading right. a whole bunch of stuff mm -hmm. about people getting raped by the police mm -hmm. and getting killed by the police. Mm -hmm. And you now they're stopping me at 2 a.m. in the morning and right, there's no exactly. witnesses. And I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, I'm going to be the victim now. Right, exactly. You know, yeah. so, yeah, I really was scared. And I can see this as a visceral mm -hmm. feeling. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't trust them and I was afraid of them. Right, right, right. So... Yeah, that that's the the temperature now. I mean, but I mean, not not all uniformed officers are bad. That's true. I've had a couple of uh, experiences back in the day when I mean I haven't uh, drank in like twenty years, mm -hmm. but when I was drinking at the time, playing basketball and drinking on the weekends, that's what we do, right? So I had just left the basketball court. It was it was one of the, I think it was uh, King Day, and we just went out there and played a pickup game. Uh, out there by uh, the L.A. College. So, you know, it's, in, it's around the place in the uh, substations right there for the Highway Patrol and whatever. And I just got in the car, and this Highway Patrolman pulls up behind me, and a uh, black guy, so he gets out and approaches the, my vehicle, and then two undercovers pull up behind them white guys, and they pull up. And so they were just trying to geriatrically push him out to get in. The, he said, no, I got this. And he was a yes. big enough brother to say, mm -hmm. I got this. So they got him. And he says, um... You had anything to drink? And I says, yeah, well, you know, we just picked up a pickup game, you know, so I had a couple of beers or whatever. And he says, uh, uh, you got anything in the car like that? Open it. Yeah, I just had the can I was drinking. He said, well, you know what? Uh, I need you to pour that out. So I poured it out. He said, I need you to uh, uh, wait until you get home to do your celebration. And so mm -hmm. that was one. Another time when I was working out there in, in uh, um, Alameda, I was on the freeway, the freeway, and uh, this motorcycle pulls me over, right? And the guy jumps off the motorcycle, and he's as big as this dog on wall, right? White guy. And so he approaches the car, and so, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I had finished the pickup game, so I had my, uh, um, like, the McDonald's cup tall one with beer in it. So he says, um, you got beer in the car? I said, well, you know, first off, what, what, what was going on? He said, well, I see you got a new car here, you know what I'm saying? And so, uh, what were you trying to do? Blow out the blow out the uh, carbs or something like you know? In other words, you don't yes. just. And so I said, no, I'm looking at my. I didn't see that I was. He said, well, uh, you got any beer in there? And I said, yeah, right here in the cup. He said, I'm gonna need you to pour it out. He said, you got any more beers in the car? I said, yeah, I got a six pack in the back. He said, I need for you to pour the six. And so I'm sitting there, so he makes me open the cans of beer and pour it out. And he said, I would recommend that you wait till you get home to drink. Okay, he said, but I'm gonna give you a ticket for uh, the excessive speed. And so when I finally went to court out there in the valley, right, mm -hmm. the guy shows up, the police officer shows up. Now I'm trying to wait him out. I mean, if I wait, get continuances as much as I can, maybe he's not gonna show up. Right. But he showed up, and uh, the day that I was there, I had my uh, Raiders jersey. He said, "Oh, you're a Raider fan?" Yes, yes. Uh, so I came to court again. I had my Raider, another Raiders thing, because I'm a Raiders man. And so he says, uh, uh, still a Raiders fan, huh? You know, because they wanted us to go out in the hallway and see if we can get Resolve a resolution. It, yes. Yeah. So he says, he's still a Raiders fan. I said, yes, sir, I am. He said, you know what? He says, um, I'm going to let this one go. Oh, that was nice. Yeah. And so those are the two times I got stopped when I was out of bounds. Way and if out I had got to see that was because you're a DEI lady, you deal with DEI. Yes, now, if, if I, I had was... that on my record, I couldn't have done the things I've done since. Yes, but true. Both, both instances, a black and a white, allowed me to see what would have happened had I. So, you know what I'm saying? There are some good ones. Yes, you but that was not supposed to be done. Like when I worked for the DA's office, we um, used to do writs of mandate right. to the judge to make them follow the mandatory minimums on. DUIs mm -hmm. because uh, there was uh, back in the day a very lenient attitude towards DUIs. The mm -hmm. problem is that many people died, many people hmm. lost their lives, and MAD right. was very Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Right, right, right. Very instrumental in changing the law mm -hmm. and holding people more accountable because um, you know the fact that you're drinking with an open container and just drinking while you're driving, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not drinking before or after you drive. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's really really dangerous. Right, right. Yeah. And so it, it was a, it was a life saving lesson to me too because I'm like this is really crazy. But you know what I'm saying? You know, for me to be doing and after that it was like this is not working for me. When things don't work out for me, they just don't work for me. I saw them do drugs. Drugs. I can't see. Uh, where they work out for anybody else. So how's yeah. it going to work out for me? So that made me say, you know what? I don't need to be drinking. You know what I'm saying? It, what does it do? But uh, those that are still doing it 
and are you know saying behind the wheel or whatever, then people are dying behind that. That's right. And it's it's food and that's for why thought. the law is so strict because it, it might be a casual thing, but it only takes a second just for like you that. to lose control just like and that. kill somebody. Just like that. Yeah. And people don't realize that. Right. But you're you're a DUI uh, attorney too. Yes. So, uh, you know, I, I know you've seen a lot of people come in for different things, but uh, how is that basically, you know, with the laws changing as it is, uh, how stringent is it now than it was before? It's very, very strict. Okay. Very strict. Mm -hmm. And case in point, I had a young lady in Compton. She had her baby in the back seat. Mm -hmm. She was drunk, and she mm. had a solo accident on the freeway, like okay. the 110 over by Compton. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it was the 105 in that area. Okay. She um, ran off the road into a ditch, you know, and so she, there was a scratch mm -hmm. on her, her um, baby's father. You know, he was in the passenger seat. Mm -hmm. There was a scratch on his head. He might have hit the windshield. Mm. So now, and then she has her child in the back in a car seat. Mm -hmm. Bad news. Mm. That's felony child endangerment. If you have a wow. child under the age of 14 right, right, in the right, car right. when wow. you're driving drunk, okay. that's felony child endangerment. Right, that's another right. tag. That's going to be tagged on there. Okay. On top of that, if there is an injury while you're driving drunk, mm -hmm. that's also a more serious offense. Okay. So an accident with injury is treated differently. Mm -hmm. And in this particular case, uh, she had a license mm -hmm, her, mm -hmm. and, and her job. Mm -hmm. And that license was suspended immediately because of that of charge. Course, right. So then she wanted to get some kind of leniency, and she was saying that, you know, he didn't really get hurt that bad. But the problem is, it's like with the domestic violence. When the um, officers come on scene and they observe someone injured, someone with blood on them, mm -hmm. say it's domestic violence or whether it's, uh, or they have an injury accident and they mm -hmm. observe the injury, hmm. then that ups the level. Right, okay, you know, I got that, you, got That you. really does. Hmm. And um, then you have to really work with the judge to try to get some kind of probation, try to get it bumped down from a felony to a misdemeanor and mm -hmm. possibly expunged. The problem with those are they are unsealable felonies. So if they do come up, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when you have anything to do with like child endangerment, right, 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 domestic right. violence, mm -hmm. um, those stay with you. Mm -hmm. And um, very difficult to get them expunged. Right, um, right, right. Because first of all, they're felonies. So felonies in the state of California have to have, you have to petition the governor for a certificate of rehabilitation. Okay, right. And that's not easy to do. Mm. It's a process and it takes a while. Mm -hmm. um, that's number one. Mm -hmm, number two, mm -hmm. in some cases, like with the marijuana laws, they right. allow you to automatically bump the felonies down to a misdemeanor and expunge them. Mm -hmm. But that's not even enough. You mm. might still need to get a lawyer or understand how you can seal the arrest record and destroy mm. it. Okay. Because if someone um, runs a live scan on you mm. for a job or something that you're doing, mm -hmm. they're like you say, you want to have a foster kid or you, you know, anything that requires a live scan, mm -hmm. you're getting a license to be a nurse or mm -hmm. any professional license. Mm -hmm. That will come up. Mm. The arrest will come up. Right. And right. the arrest can preclude you. Mm. So that's why they made a rule in California that you could literally, there is another motion that you can make mm -hmm. where you can actually uh, destroy the arrest records, mm. have them sealed and destroyed. Wow. So that, so that is with the DOI aspect, but also you have the criminal aspect that you do criminal law too. But I see where that hand could reach into the other side because of the extenuating circumstances you just mentioned from the DUIs to where it can actually go into a criminal yeah. now. DUI is a criminal matter. Right, it's right, part right. Of the, you know, it's part of the vehicle code, right. but it's a criminal code. It's okay. a criminal matter. It's either a misdemeanor or a felony. Mm -hmm. Very rarely an infraction. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. sometimes when we do, we do a wet, reckless, or excessive speed mm -hmm. might be a might be a plea mm -hmm. that the that the judge might take in lieu of. Mm -hmm. And that's when you might have a very low blood alcohol level, mm -hmm. or maybe they can't test you. Right now, they don't have effective tests for marijuana, hmm. okay. and uh, to see what the di the serum dilution is, to find mm -hmm. out how strong it was or whether it's in your system. It's it's kind of iffy. Mm -hmm. Some drugs don't stay. Now, marijuana stays in your system for a longer time because it right. lives in your fatty tissue, right, right. and that's where the problem comes up because it is legal now to use it, but when did you use it? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It might still be showing in your bloodstream and because it's in your fatty, fatty tissue. Your right. Blood. 
So um, that's where the problem comes in. They don't have anything that they can say, oh, alcohol, on the other hand, processes very quickly. They know exactly uh, the rate at which it dissipates mm -hmm. after you've, um, so they can basically extrapolate if it's four hours later, mm -hmm. what was your blood alcohol? Mm -hmm. You know, if you still mm -hmm. have it in your system, mm -hmm. then you probably had a certain amount in your right. system to begin with. Mm -hmm. And so they, they know that. They actually know hour by hour and by your body weight and, and all that, mm -hmm. you know, how much you have. Now, there's another thing that's very dangerous that people don't realize is mm -hmm. prescription drugs. Right, I got you. I had, and they treat it worse than alcohol. Hmm. And um, uh, it's, 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 um, I had a client who, very um, mild-mannered, mm -hmm. little kind of a mousy little man, mm -hmm. who uh, got an operation, mm -hmm. um, you know, cosmetic surgery. Right, right, right. And was given, um, you know, Xanax, which mm -hmm. is what used to be called vol Valiums, you mm -hmm. know, something to right, calm right. him down, anxiety, mm -hmm. and um, maybe something else, but it was definitely he had Xanax. Mm -hmm. Uh, which is benzodiazepine, and he had something else. So he's driving. His his uh, roommate wanted him to pick her up from mm -hmm. the store, mm -hmm. and she goes, "Oh yeah, I got groceries. I need you to pick me up from the store." And he goes, "Well, you know, I just got. You know, I'm I'm still resting after my operation." Mm -hmm. And um, well, no, it's just a few. You know, it's just a few blocks. Come on and get me. And um, he gets in the car, mm -hmm. goes down there and picks her up mm -hmm. on the way back. Um, there's a center divider in the middle of the street, and it's a really wide street. It's about mm -hmm. 10 o'clock at night. Right. There's a little old lady, and, you know, she's crossed to here, and mm -hmm. she has a little walker. Mm -hmm. And she's actually, she, it takes her so long to cross the street, he doesn't see her at all. Mm. She's in the median divider. He's not looking for her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's going about 40 miles an hour next to the, the far lane of the street. Mm -hmm. And she steps off the curb, and he hit her. Mm. And he actually, she, she had to have a leg amputated. Wow, wow. So he was looking at a very, very serious felony because they tested him, found out that he had the benzodiazepine in his, in his um, system. Mm -hmm. He said that he didn't know that it would make him drowsy and that he wasn't mm. supposed to take it. He was taking it. He had just had this surgery about a day before, not less than a day before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, usually for the first 72 hours, you take some pain medication and some anxiety medication. So that's what he had. Mm -hmm. It slowed his response time. He really, literally wow. did not see this person at all. Right. And, and, and to, be, to his credit, unfortunately, you don't expect, most of the time people don't cross from that side of the street. Right, right, We're right. talking about crossing not from the right side of the street, but from the left side of the street, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. from the far left lane, which is usually the fast lane. Mm -hmm. She steps off and he hit her. Mm. And she's about 70, I don't know, She, mm. but she loses her leg. Mm -hmm. So that was a bad one. Right, right, right. And um, mm -hmm. he had to, you know, I'm not sure ultimately what happened because I left that firm before we disposed right, of the case. Mm -hmm. But I know that we were, were trying to resolve it, but it was... Uh, terrible case because mm -hmm. the problem is that she sustained such this is another thing if you take something before a jury or if the judge when somebody's injured like that mm -hmm. somebody has to pay mm -hmm. that's right. how they that's how they gotcha. see it somebody mm -hmm. has to pay gotcha. and your client is the one that you know was there was right right so that that's a problem because mm -hmm. he really didn't have intent but he did get in that car with that prescription drug in right. his system. Mm -hmm. But it's not like he drank alcohol and got in the car. Gotcha. But for some reason, they actually treat it worse mm -hmm. when, you have, um, when you're under prescription drugs. Mm -hmm. Wow. Since we're talking on that one, here's a, here's a, here's a question for you. Um, when now you could turn on the television any time of the day and find that somebody hit somebody, something like that, and kept going. Yes, and kept going. that's what so, they do. So uh, at what time... Would somebody that's maybe listening say, okay, I need to get an attorney? And, you know what I'm saying, and really come to their... Right away, because yeah. I'm going to tell you what happens. There are cameras everywhere. I right. mean, everywhere. Mm -hmm. Don't assume there's not. Right. We didn't even know up until recently that there were cameras on all the traffic... Um, that, that, that the traffic, you know, Caltrans mm -hmm, put... Mm -hmm. put um, and then there's, um, um, for Los Angeles, too, that they, they put... 
cameras everywhere right because right. they want to be able and then they did this many years ago mm -hmm. to be able to gauge the traffic mm -hmm. so they're mm -hmm. literally looking at how many cars come by per second mm -hmm. now they actually have militarized those mm -hmm. so now what they do is they have scanners that mm -hmm. scan for license plates and mm -hmm. you'll find that out in a few high profile profile cases where people were either hit and run or mm -hmm. shot and somebody ran away like right. these you you can bet that this person that shot those sheriffs mm -hmm. They drove away in a car. Hmm. They're going to pull those cameras. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're going to find a camera that shows that person and their license plate. Mm -hmm. These, and once they know the license plate, they'll put it in the system, mm -hmm. and it'll always be scanning mm -hmm. for that license plate. Okay. And once they know, they'll go after them. Mm -hmm. They'll find them. Hmm. So people don't realize that there's not only is there surveillance cameras at nearby stores mm -hmm. that pick up outside mm -hmm. like for instance case in point uh, my cousin has a a, um, a, a storefront that's on La Brea mm -hmm. at 2 a.m. in the morning someone shot someone mm. because they were driving down La Brea and apparently it was road rage mm -hmm. the um, person was driving erratically cut this other person off mm -hmm. they may have flipped him off mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He was wrong, mm -hmm. but he made a U-turn and came around and shot that person in the head and killed him. Wow. And it was all caught on that camera. Right, right, So right. when the police mm. came, they were looking at different storefronts asking uh, to see the cameras to mm. see if the cameras picked it up, and he and he it picked it up perfectly. Mm -hmm. Wow. And the license plate and everything. So right. he thought he was getting away with something. Actually wasn't. And he wasn't. Wow. Even though it was dark, those cameras can pick up. Right, right, right. You know. Yeah. So, it, you know, picked it up. And so that person will get caught because they had the license plate. They had mm -hmm. the car. You hear that, folks? If you're thinking about <laughs> doing something crazy, believe me, the camera, you know, somebody's watching. Yes. Okay. Um, now, uh, there, that's a few of the criminal uh, aspects we look at. But what other kind of criminal cases that you that you handle in your, in your uh, office? Theft, okay. um, prostitution, okay. pimping and pandering. Mm -hmm. Um, it's interesting because they will up-level charges on people. Mm. So I had a client, and we're out in, like, Rancho Cucamonga. That's mm. very, very conservative territory. Mm -hmm. um, so the problem was the client was um, being – they actually were going to charge him with trafficking, which is way mm. – that's a – when they up-level it to trafficking, right, that's right, right. a serious felony. Okay. Basically, he had been incarcerated for some time. He had been speaking to this woman – from the jail mm -hmm. and she asked him to come down and meet her mm -hmm. and so the text messages that go back and forth are honey are you going to get my nails done he says oh mm. yeah i'm gonna pay for your nails to get done everything so the special victim unit mm -hmm. da that was in charge mm -hmm. she comes in she's late she comes in and she's got she's dressed just like on tv she's mm -hmm. got her high heels mm -hmm. we call them cfmp she's got like five inch heels mm -hmm. she's got a pencil skirt you know she's dressed just like somebody that's on um you know, special victim unit right. or in mm -hmm. one of those. And um, she comes up to me and starts talking to me and says, you know, I'm really concerned about, you know, um, these text messages. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying, well, what? I looked at them and I didn't find anything disturbing about them. Mm -hmm. She goes, well, I think I want to up-level this to trafficking. I said, wait a minute. The woman admitted that she was already a prostitute. It's not right. like he brought her. <laughs> right. Trafficking imp implies that he kidnapped her and oh, forced okay. her Got you. to, you right. know, to right. have sex with men for money mm -hmm. for his personal gain. Got you. So I don't see how that's the case when they've actually had a relationship for some time mm. talking while he was in prison. Got you. And then he came down here to visit her, mm -hmm. and, you know, unfortunately he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right, exactly. And I said, I hate to say this, but I happen to know that this might be a cultural thing because I know black women that wouldn't date somebody if they didn't, give them a full set of nails or <laughs> do their hair. <laughs> right. And that's basically it's what... It's a part of the gimmick, huh? So how are you going to... How's that going to play to the jury that these right. are all codes for hmm. um, for him trafficking her? Right. Got you, got you, got you. <laughs> that's crazy. But it happens. Now, uh, do you uh, delve into any kind of immigration? Because that's a big yes. thing, too. Immigration laws. Well, there's an overlap because immigration... Is, is big, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's actually the courts have been packed, and right mm -hmm. now they're on a moratorium. Right now everyone is stuck at the border, so mm -hmm. I haven't even been to Tijuana, but wow. I hate to see what it looks like. Every border crossing, mm -hmm. um, Trump made mm -hmm. an executive order that mm -hmm. everyone had to wait at the border. 
even when previously, if you were seeking asylum under the Convention Against Torture, mm -hmm. you were it was mandated that if a mm -hmm. person was seeking asylum, they would have to be led into the country so that they could make their asylum petition. Mm -hmm. And while they were waiting to have that heard, they can still stay into the in the country. But if in fact they lose, which mm -hmm. they do lose a lot, right, they will then be deported. Okay. So now what he's done is say no, they have to wait there. So the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals mm. overturned him right away, mm. okay. but they play dirty pool. So the Homeland Security belongs to the government, to the federal government. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All they have to do is pretty much play games with them and refuse to take their petition, mm -hmm. and then they have to wait mm -hmm. at the border. So there's over a hundred thousand people at the border, and they're of every persuasion, not just. Right. Not just Hispanic and mm -hmm. not just from Central and South America. Mm -hmm. um, these people are from every country in the world that are trying to get here because they have to wait outside um, the country before they can come in. Right, right, right. Yeah, that makes it kind of rough, I'm sure, with um, with what's happening now, the unemployment. And, I mean, people still waiting that are legitimately uh, residents and working that well, can't get the, so, uh, you know. He took, also Trump changed something else, um, the workers' visas. Mm -hmm. He put a moratorium on those. There was also something called a diversity visa. So mm -hmm. for countries that traditionally did not have a lot of immigration, mm -hmm. um, there was something called a diversity visa, like Australia would be one of those countries. Mm -hmm. And what they would do is um, people would join a lottery. Right, and their right. lottery would come up, and then they would have the opportunity to immigrate to the United States if they wanted to, mm -hmm. and they would just have to follow through at that time. Well, he suspended, so even people that won the lottery and are you know should be able to petition to come to the United States. He's suspended their um, applications. Mm. So um, it's 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 um, it's really bad for them, especially those that have received uh, a change in status. Mm, right. But he's not allowing them to to go through with it. And and like the DACA people, mm -hmm, they've mm -hmm. been going back and forth for more than eight years. Mm. Um, first they think they have status, mm. and now. Uh, he, there was another ruling, and then the Supreme Court just recently, I think it was a day or two ago, mm -hmm. uh, a couple of days ago, they made a ruling that um, this will sunset, that the DACA will sunset in 2021. Mm -hmm. So that would mean that whoever comes in as the president, if it's not him, mm -hmm. they might have an opportunity to do something about that. Right, 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 right. Wow. But, I mean, even then we're doing that one there, then we're still stuck with the ones that are here again. Let's go back to the ones that are here again. Yeah. That the eviction is hitting, you know yes, what I'm saying? Because they yes. got a moratorium to be able to, you know, put your rent off, but it doesn't go away, I'm sure. Right. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of immigrants are being taken advantage of in mm -hmm. that respect. But the other issue there is that part of our law has always been mm -hmm. that uh, that you have to be self-sustaining. You can't come over here to be on the public dole mm -hmm. or to be an addict. You cannot mm -hmm. be a habitual drunkard or a drug addict. Mm -hmm. That's a sign of low moral character. Right, right, right. So right. this is where the, the where the criminal dovetails in. Mm -hmm. You get a DUI, mm -hmm. um, you can be deported. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times you do need an attorney to navigate through that to hopefully uh, somehow negotiate with the DA to give you a non -de deportable. Right, offense. right. Got you, got you, got you. And if you get two, mm -hmm. then you're really in yeah, bad case, right, bad right, right, shape. Right, 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 Because then they can make the case that you're a habitual mm -hmm. drunkard. Right. And it says specifically that we don't want people that are addicts and habitual, habitual drunkards mm -hmm. in the United States. Right. So that's a deportable yeah, offense. Yeah, got you. And it's a criminal matter. Mm. And so um, also, like uh, any, any crime that you commit mm -hmm. is possible Deport, uh, possibly a deportable right, matter, right, 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 because right. whether even it's a misdemeanor or a felony, it could mm -hmm. be. A, it, it depends on if it's a misdemeanor right. invo involving fraud or certain things, it can be considered moral turpitude. Mm. If it's a felony, any felony, mm -hmm. I believe you're you're done mm -hmm. with the immigration. But then that, that encroaches on another uh, practice you have too that deals with civil rights. You deal with civil rights aspects too, correct? Yes. The civil rights aspect, it's it's tricky because we've been fighting a long time. So technically, a person, most people don't realize this, but children under the age of eighteen mm -hmm. don't really have civil rights. Wow, they're not a citizen yet. Okay, and people that are not citizens mm -hmm. have some civil rights, and this is because there was a lot of fights mm -hmm. going on regarding that. Okay, 
um, at first they had none because mm -hmm. they're not a citizen. Mm -hmm. So over the uh, over time, there's been a lot of cases that have uh, whittled away at that and mm -hmm. tried to at least open the door mm -hmm. and give them a little more rights. Gotcha. But that's why you see people being detained in these cages by private prisons. Mm. I mean, technically, I would say that private prisoner, private prisons, mm -hmm. I would sue them um, personally for false imprisonment. I mean, right, why are right, they right. allowing private companies and mm -hmm. mercenary companies to um, imprison people? Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. they're do they they do it with everyone. Right. But with the immigrants, it was a huge huge thing because they 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 use mostly private prisons because mm -hmm. they can do things, um, I guess their thinking was that they could do things that, that the government couldn't do. Free slave labor. Yes. But also the civil rights that you deal with, you also deal with uh, uh, citizens that, yes. you know what I'm saying, are like like you were seeing in the paper every day or hearing on news yeah. that having their rights violated, correct? Right. Um, civil rights are like being stopped and frisked when you don't have probable mm. cause. Right. Another issue is more importantly, like when you go to um, protests. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, case in point, I had a client who was shot with a rubber bullet, mm -hmm. and the rubber bullet penetrated mm. because um, it was shot point blank. It wasn't 10 feet away. Wow. It has to be more than 10 feet away, and if mm -hmm. it is um, less than that, mm -hmm. it penetrated the skin and it acted like a regular bullet. It went mm -hmm. into um, the person's stomach. Mm -hmm. Um, it was bleeding. It mm -hmm. fragmented because the bullets, even though they say they're rubber, they're actually compressed foam, mm -hmm. and they're uh, when it went in, it fragmented, mm -hmm. and it was impossible to get it out. Um, she ran the risk of infection. Oh wow! Um, it had to stay open mm -hmm. for a, a while because mm -hmm. your body will naturally expel something right. too. It's exactly. like if you had a splinter, mm -hmm. technically it would it would expel it after a while. Right. So, um, yeah. So it was really painful. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, yeah. So people have lost their eye. People mm. have lost different things because if it hits soft tissue, mm. if you imagine it went into the stomach and actually penetrated and went like an inch into mm. this person's stomach, mm -hmm. what would it do if it goes in your eye? Exactly. We exactly. Found out in San Diego, exactly. The yeah. lady lost her eye, mm -hmm. and here you are. And they're not supposed to aim for your head. Mm -hmm. They're not supposed to aim for soft areas. But even if they aim for the torso, mm -hmm. if they're Less than 10 feet away, mm -hmm. that's what happened. So right. they did aim for her torso, mm -hmm. but they hit her in the stomach. Mm -hmm. It's crazy out there. So um, as we're getting ready to uh, wrap up, we, we know the different uh, aspects of law that you do. You know what I'm saying? And we see that you're able to uh, bring in your expertise. So how does somebody uh, reach out to you, you know what I'm saying, as busy as you are? Uh, well, they can try me on my website. Mm -hmm. They can look at my website, and it talks about that. And I also have some e-books on the website. Okay. One is what to do if you're arrested, and another one is uh, what to do if you get a DUI. Mm -hmm. And I have another one that's going to come up about protests and okay. what you should do, how you should prepare, and uh, what you should do if you're involved in a peaceful protest mm -hmm. and you want to make sure to protect your rights right. or preserve your rights in the event that you get arrested so that later on you can sue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, my number is 877-384-5239. Once again, that's 877-384-5239. And my website is DixonJusticeCenter.com. And that's all one word. It's all spelled out, DixonJusticeCenter.com. Mm -hmm. And so you, uh, you practice in, in, in California, Yes. Okay, so are there any other, if somebody else is uh, saying, oh, I got a friend of mine in New York, a friend of mine, you know, because I know there are attorneys that have different practices in different places. It depends. Um, sometimes if it's entertainment law, because right. I do entertainment law, I represented right. Shaggy for a long time and I represent a lot of different artists, mm -hmm. um, then sometimes you can because the... Mm -hmm. The, the entertainment's reach is right, everywhere. Yeah, right, so, exactly. And well, they why? may have, their main office might be in New York. Right. But, I mean, technically you have to, you know, be barred in that state. Right. But I have friends everywhere, so they can ask me questions and I may be able to refer them to someone gotcha. in a different state, you know, in many different states, Texas, Atlanta, gotcha. you know, Georgia, um, Florida, mm -hmm. New York, you know. Mm -hmm. So, um you know, I, I get around a little bit, you know, no, and I'm I, a member. I know you're an expert. So <laughs> yeah. uh, as we're getting ready to go out right now, uh, if you could sum up in just like, a, you know, a couple of sentences, why an attorney 
and why you? Well, an attorney knows the law. I know a lot of times people think they can do it themselves and they say it's not rocket science, but we said already that he who represents himself has a fool for a lawyer because there's certain things you just don't know and you don't know what you don't know. Um, and you can mess up the case in the very beginning. I've had several people call me saying they've taken the case on their own and now it's almost to the end and now they want to call in an attorney. Um, a lot of attorneys won't touch that because mm. we don't know what came before. Right. And we might have to clean something up or we may have lost some rights that were not preserved properly in the beginning. And mm. sometimes you can't unring the bell. So we don't want to get a malpractice uh, lawsuit based on something that we didn't even do, mm -hmm. that we were not responsible for and couldn't have been responsible for. However, there are things called limited scope agreements. And so the state bar did say that so people can be represented in a particular hearing, they can do what's called a limited scope agreement. And mm -hmm. even, even at the um, courthouse, they actually have now a form. Mm -hmm. So that if you are in the courthouse and you see an attorney say, look, I'm, I'm having a hearing on custody and I don't feel comfortable doing it, um, a com a right then and there, an attorney can sign a limited scope agreement to just represent you for this hearing, for this request for order, and possibly until the order is um, actually, actually um, granted or mm -hmm. denied. So mm -hmm. until there's a disposition of that order. And so in that case that you write it, you do a limited scope agreement and it'll say just this hearing, um, all hearings until the order is is entered mm -hmm. and and so that's how it goes and mm -hmm. so that will help people I don't recommend and a lot of people are doing this they're going with these little paralegal services mm -hmm. there is no recourse and believe me they're actually charging you a lot more I've actually gone in and found out that hey I'm appearing on behalf of this client maybe in a limited scope or a special appearance for another attorney and come to find out that this paralegal firm has charged them over four thousand dollars or mm. charge them monthly rent for an unlawful detainer case and it was way way more than what they should have paid so and there's just no recourse they have of course you can report them to the state bar but all they do is put them on a list mm -hmm. and they have no oversight if it's a lawyer there's a bond they can be disbarred mm -hmm. they can be prosecuted um, you can get a judgment against them and execute judgment mm -hmm. they can be sanctioned by the court there is some recourse if a lawyer doesn't do their job the way they should and if, a, if the public becomes at risk because of that. However, there isn't if you deal with just strictly with a paralegal. And a lot of the Hispanic community is being um, taken advantage of by paralegals who they think are abogados and abogadas, and they're not. Mm -hmm. They're actually just people that are marketing people that mm -hmm. go out there and pass out flyers and get clients. Mm -hmm. Wow. So uh, one more time, give your uh, phone number and uh, email address before we get out of here. My phone number, once again, is 877-384-5239. Once again, 877-384-5239. My website is DixonJusticeCenter.com. Of course, it's www.DixonJusticeCenter.com. Well, Rhonda, we really appreciate you coming and clearing up some of the mystique and uh, some of the nomenclature behind, you know, saying the law and shining a light on how it can help us even during this time of pandemic. So uh, thanks for coming in and, you know, explaining that. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you learned something from the show. If you need an attorney, don't wait till the last minute when you need it then give her a call. You have the number, you have the address, you you know, just find an attorney that works for you. And please, for your own sake and for my sake, make sure and cover it up. You know what I'm saying? The mask may save your life, but more importantly, I'm hoping it saves my life. So until next time, thank you for joining us here at Legal Synopsis. Thanks also to Rhonda Dixon. My name is D-Nice. We'll see you next time. Be safe.